1: Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as
2: we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters?
1: sisters? Welcome back. Hey, sisters. Hi, sisters. It's Maddie. And Scout. And welcome to OK Sis, the podcast where sisters congregate and chat about all of their current fixations. Yeah,
2: I love that. And we are sisters IRL. I know I've been overusing that a little bit too much I, yeah
1: I'm we say it every that. time I'm gonna second that you yeah, say it too to it's not just me I'm going to second that
2: that I say it all the time oh, but you say it all the time oh yeah god okay so this weekend we went to the Guadalupe Valley in Mexico it's the Guadalupe oh is it is it I don't know I think it's the Guadalupe Valley Guadalupe Valley. Anyways, we drank wine. Well, we started our day with a skinny margarita. Let's just say that before we even had any food in our stomach. We, no,
1: we had a shot of tequila for breakfast. We did have a
2: shot of tequila for breakfast. With no chaser, I was like crawling up and down my skin. But it was
1: good tequila, so it wasn't that...
2: It wasn't uh, like that intense, it but intense, it was yeah. still like, whoo, hello, nine thirty AM. Hello, Mexico. Yeah, we went the to celebrate. Oh, <laughs> we went to celebrate our dad's birthday. We had so much fun. Yes, I agree. Um What was your favorite part of the Guadalupe Valley? Now I'm saying Guadalupe.
1: <laughs> I just loved how remote it was and surprising. Like, every winery we went to and every space, like, you would just never know something so beautiful was in this kind of rural and remote area. Yeah, it was beautiful.
2: And to get around, you had to, like, off-road. There weren't, like, real roads getting to any of the wineries. You had to go on, like, this really bumpy dirt road, which was hilarious.
1: All the places we went to were fantastical. It It was so pretty. Like, just it was a dream. It was a dream. Yeah. Really underrated. If anyone wants to just it's like It's not hop underrated. Over it d- is so popular now. Everyone hop over the border and, and head out. Yeah. Head it's out like there. an
2: hour and a half drive from the border. Yeah. It's not bad at all. It's totally doable. Like go down there for lunch, you know? Well, if you live in San Diego, it's easier, but yeah. Totally. I drink so much. Yes. I tried. I tried to keep up with you. Yeah. Usually <laughs> you can't. Usually I can't, but but Saturday I was doing pretty well, I must admit. Yeah,
1: you're you're a little weakling.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay,
1: next topic. We went to Shape House. Oh, my
2: God. Did we ever? Did we
1: ever. <laughs> it's oh our God. fucking
2: guts out. That's that what was happened. If, okay, so during, like, we're in this heating pod with this, like, blanket that's
1: so hot. And it felt really good at first. It felt like a jacuzzi at first. It felt so relaxing. Like, you were in the sauna. And we were watching Netflix. I was watching Hulu. I was watching Friends. I was watching Pen15.
2: It was awesome. And then, like, 75% of the way, and I was like, holy, holy shit. shit.
1: Yeah, and they had warned us about that. They said the last 10 minutes are going to be rough. Yeah, and they were rough, man. They were They were. Right. I was going to quit. I was going to be like, get me out of no, here. No, I was committed. And she said, you, can't, you really should not leave any earlier 50 be- minutes because you your can- metabolic
2: rate or something yeah goes something weird. was up
1: with it but yeah it, it makes you it, i think you lose like 600 calories which is wild wild by um, just laying there i mean it's like my perfect there. scenario yeah you i don't felt
2: so good after yeah you you just your body is like
1: tingling and vibrating on a different level you feel like a plane. sense of euphoria yeah so i was like so zen when i got yeah. out of that pod i just like getting out and then Getting another change of clothes and then walking to my car. Like, I I wish there was some, because you can't really, sh- they said not to shower right after. Cause yeah, they said, like, wait two hours. Yeah, you just want to su- really sweat it all out and let everything come out. My shirt was dry. Yeah, so that's my only issue was that I didn't like that we had to wait well it was perfect for me because i drove drove home to i understand but what i'm saying is i wish we could just like shower right after and i get, mean i'm know. sure you could and you would still reap the benefits but regardless the the facilities are beautiful dude you i can don't do it once a week you easy. don't see you don't see any schwitz anywhere it's not it's very clean clean um, the staff was incredible. They, t- they, they check on you every couple minutes. They bring you water. Um, I highly
2: recommend this. If I, I, if I lived in LA, I would be doing it once a week. It was, I'm sure
1: there are sweat houses in San Diego. It's just not trendy yet. Um,
2: they've oh definitely, they've definitely. I mean, hello, you lay there, the there, you watch Netflix, you sweat and you burn 600 calories. Like what, what more do you want for be life? better?
1: I know. So shout out to Shape House. Everyone should go check them out. They have yeah. a couple locations in L.A., LA but and if you're looking you do, to it out. Yeah, and if you do, DM
2: us, let us know what your experience was like. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Definitely.
1: Um, third topic I would like to talk about, Queer Eye is back. Queer Eye is back. In full force and better than ever. Better that, than that ever. That JVN just gets me every fucking time. Queer Eye is so good. And oh. I never
2: watched the original show, and now I kind of want to go back and watch.
1: the I original. know I'm too hooked on this current Fab Five. Yeah, Tan is just so fucking cute.
2: They're all so cute. They're all so
1: cute. They. are Oh gosh, I just, I just still can't believe the disparity in their responsibilities. The fact that Bobby has to renovate an entire home in a day, like, I just, it's, it's so insane. He's
2: like working nonstop. I, I mean, I hope he gets paid more.
1: I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. Antony literally just chops up an avocado and that's <laughs> it. That chops up an avo. That's literally all he does. I mean, people have made fun of him a lot for, like, literally doing nothing on the show.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're just TV personalities. Yeah. Um, it's like the group. You know, like, they're better together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should go watch Benny drama. He does uh, this Oh, he's so Antony. So he good. He kind of even looks like Antony, too. You should just watch all of Benny drama's uh, shit, but... This particular one. He got he got a little famous from it and he does such a Such a, such a good on. job. And he's like it's like wait no, I can't. I'm oh, you're gonna, gonna try to do it, it? It's like this arugula. <laughs> I am antony I don't know, I'm, I can't do it. Everyone just go watch. He's nice so try, good. Mads. Nice he's try. try. So good. A little bit of purchotel. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Let's just like not. Let's <sighs> just not. Oh goodness. Should we do the word of the week? Yeah. Okay, this one's a good one. You're going to like it. Okay. The word of the week is tête-à-tête. Tete. And guess what it means? Tip for tat. No. Oh. It's tête-à-tête. Tete. Oh. Head of the head. A private conversation between two people.
1: Oh. So Is I kinda, it French?
2: I think so. God
1: damn it. Um, we I always
2: like, do French words. I like to think... We, we've done some Swedish words. I like to think that our... Podcasts are a form of tete a tete that everybody just gets to listen in on. I completely agree. Right? It's like a private like conversation us between t- us and the guest, but then like everybody gets to listen. I know.
1: Which is wild. Creepy. I know they're in our thoughts. They're in our heads. No, we're in their heads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Other way around. Other way around. Um. Yes, that's an incredible one. I like that. I'm gonna I start. Thought you would like it. I'm gonna start imploring that into my. uh your daily I'm going to start integrating that into my daily lexicon. Well, we should just
2: be integrating all of these words into our daily oh, God, use, but we're kind of it. falling short on that situation.
1: Um, also, something that I just remembered from Monday's episode with Donnie, mm-hmm. Privilege sent us the cutest, the cutest. sweatpants suit, yeah. which...
2: I wore it all. As last everyone night.
1: knows, I have been in the market for one, and they hooked us up. They are the sweetest girls. Everyone should go listen to our episode on uh, Priv Talks. We essentially told them they need to give us all of their clothes. Oh my god! I wore it
2: all last night. It is so soft. So they gave soft. me a black one and Matt's a gray one, which is so fitting.
1: And I got the gold um, watch, watch I and you got, got a silver. silver one. Yay. Because that's our so now
2: we can be twins. I mean, are we not already at this point? Yeah, we've pretty much morphed into
1: the same human being at this point. Yeah, um, okay, great. So let's go on to our guest. Yeah, oh, Jamie Lee.
2: Yeah, can we take a moment of silence, real quick?
1: The hilarious,
2: the beautiful.
1: The astonishing Ooh, wow Yeah I mean she came in With serums All over her face Her face was glowy Her face was a glowy Skin Yep A glowy sheen A glowy sheen I like that Yeah Yeah like, I like oh that Oh my god guys I mean we talked I think this was a really interesting episode because it was more so, you know, the back end workings mm-hmm. of being a comedian, being a successful one, um, New York versus the LA comedy scene, and just how she has grown within her success. And she's had a really long, you know, run at this, and um, she's very seasoned as a comic. Mm. And um, I think the conversation was fascinating. Yeah, you guys are going to love it.
2: You guys are going to love it. Okay, sisters, enjoy. Enjoy. One of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head. Now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with.
1: Yeah, I keep asking you to tame those down, but they seem to be very stubborn. Yes, I know, Mads.
2: After a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol.
1: I might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi-targets, underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair.
2: Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutraful is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutraful.com and enter the promo code OKSYS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S.
1: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne.
1: Jamie Lee is a stand-up comedian and actress whom Elle magazine recently named one of the top comedians to watch in 2017. Jamie most recently starred as the female lead in the second season of the hit HBO series Crashing, Opposite Pete Holmes. In addition to being one of the core cast members of MTV's hit show Girl Code, Lee has appeared on Conan, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and Chelsea Lately. In December 2016, Lee released her debut book, Ridiculous, which quickly rose to number one on Bustle.com com's list, number one list of best wedding books, Jamie has set up a half-hour comedy at ABC Signature with James Griffiths, attached to direct and executive produce, as well as setting up her feature writing debut. Without further ado, Jamie Lee. Hey, guys. Oh, my God. Because that intro have been any more
2: packed. Wow. wow.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. What? That was, like, all the things. All of the things. You, you are a third list. row. We have to list all of the things. You are amazing, girl. Thanks. Guys, that's really nice. We're so excited to have you oh, on. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Oh this is gosh. so fun. Okay. Current round or route of current fixations. Yes, I will start.
2: Yes. So um my iPad has been non existent in my life because the pen broke, like the pen to write. Oh. And I finally The Apple pencil. The apple pencil. Thank you. I finally just bought a new Apple Pencil today because I use it for my to do list. So I have like different colors for different things uh-huh. and i like cross i like cross everything off and then whatever i don't get into the first day i add to the next day and i have like this long running list of stuff and it keeps me so organized and on top of things and i haven't had it for like two months and so today was just like a homecoming for me uh,
1: this is a very first world problem but i'm here for it thank you no that's I, great well, for sure but it
2: but it helps me a it's lot the little iPad. Things.
1: right yeah so no is. no writing no pencil paper no
2: no, I journal. My journal is in a Moleskine that I do with a pen and a paper. Got but it. But my work to-do list is on the iPad. Oh, I see. It's very distinguished.
1: It feels a bit more modern. Feels a bit more
2: digital. Yeah, you got an iPad and I have not seen you whip it out once. Nope. Not what once. Yeah, money? I have
3: one and I feel like <laughs> I haven't used it in a really long time. Like, I yeah. remember getting it and being like, I'm going to watch... Netflix on this, and then you just end up watching on TV. Yeah, <laughs> and I kind of was like, "Wait, what's the point of an iPad?" But I guess, I guess I need to like bring it back out. Yeah, I need to, I need to start start up again with I'm it. It just, is a useful tool. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the iPad. I
1: need to start using it when I travel more because I still still bring my laptop so i'm like yeah. oh i don't need but the iPad. the problem is is that like the i
2: iP- i mean unless you get the keyboard that attaches to it right, it right, is right. hard for an ipad to completely
3: replace a laptop right yes. unless this you're doing true. like
2: you're on vacation you're doing like very limited
3: activity yeah like, i feel like the keyboard is good for like emailing but like if i ever need to work on a script or something i just need a really yeah. great keyboard i had a keyboard for my ipad for a while and it would like it was just like a little s- Sticky. Mm. That sounds gross. It wasn't <laughs> gross sticky. It was like the keys stuck right, right, right. It, on it. their own because Fabulous. they wanted to stick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't like a substance on the keyboard that would make it that good, way. Good clarification. Just want to clarify. Just yeah. want to clarify. Love it. Um, yeah, but maybe I need to revisit my old iPad. I did play with it um, on an airplane with my husband. We got really into um, the digital version of Ticket to Ride. Have you ever played that game? No. It's a great game. I'm not really into, like, digital games. Like, I never play, like, games on my phone or anything. Yeah, same. But Ticket to Ride is a board game, but there's a digital version of it, and it's so fun. Um, And you can do something called pass and play. So, like, you can literally, like, do your turn in secret and then, like, pass it off to the person you're playing with and they can like do their little turn in secret and then you just like keep passing it back and forth and it's really fun it's like you're playing the board game okay this seems like something i'd be yeah ticket to ride big shout
1: out okay fabulous great game um all right my current fixation have you guys heard of the rose oil (gasps) from way no no okay so way is jen Atkins. Hair product yes. line. Oh, that I didn't realize that was how
2: you
3: pronounce it. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm always like
2: when she like discovered that brand name, was she like everyone's gonna know how to
1: say because this? Like Wee? she did this one hashtag saying all the way up, so you know it's way. Uh, you know what I mean? Like all the way up. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, um, so there's a rose oil. So I've been using their <gasps> her shampoo and conditioner. The sm- It's more so just the smell. Sure, it is of out of control. This smell. Um. I use the Wave Spray when I get out of the shower. But I've heard that her rose oil, because it's not only just an oil for your hair, it's a body oil. Oh, my which God. Which I am all about oiling up my body. Love a good multi-use oil. Exactly. Mm. So I get out of the shower. I lather it up all over. Oh, Scout is giving me a scowl. Oh,
2: why would anyone want to put that much oil all over their body? Oh, my God. Oh. Have you ever put
1: coconut oil over your body?
3: No. <gasps> why would you
2: do that? Oh, I...
3: I I use coconut
2: oil for lube and that's
3: it. Oh, yeah. I feel like I lube up my entire body every day. I'm just like a big, greasy creature. I can't. That just
2: sounds terrible to me. Wow.
1: I I didn't know you had this. I have a very strong reaction to your oil. Oh, my God. It's it's fabulous. It's not like you don't feel like you're slipping It absorbs pretty quickly.
3: Most of the oils I use I feel like sink in faster than i would expect yeah exactly okay yeah. so you're not
2: like walking around no. Like, shining. no
3: no no definitely not and i will say i have the driest oh, it's so annoying i have the driest skin on my like the fronts of my cat. what is that my shin yes thank you yes. couldn't think <laughs> of the body part <laughs> my shins are very dry especially down by my ankles mm-hmm. and i have this like energizing um arg- not argon what is it uh, arnica oh, ar- Arnica oil. Oh, okay. I bought it at Whole Foods. I don't know. Yeah. I bought it because of, like, I had like an inflammation on my face that I wanted to go down, and Arnica is really great for that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I just started using it all the time for everything, and I'm noticing that putting oil on my legs, it keeps my legs from being dry
1: way more than body lotion Interesting. like way more like it's way more powerful i think you would be surprised at how dehydrated your body is no i have very b- dry skin my hands crack
2: and
3: bleed
1: you, yes. You so yes for that bleed.
2: i don't know moisturizer no Acu- girl like
3: accutane what am i trying Cetaphil. to say <laughs> no what's the one they give you when you're on accutane it starts <gasps> with the a- it's I that no idea C- aquaphor aquaphor no uh-huh.
1: I, oh, oh, oh there- yes i just use whatever moisturizer i find no Scout, you need to invest in some, like, ultra-hydrating oil. Okay, okay. Oil
3: also smells so good. So good. Good. All
1: of the I feel like oil smells
3: again, it sticks to your skin longer than a body scented body lotion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It goes the distance, it seeps in. Yeah. Okay. It's part of you. Right. So it's all added to
1: the fucking list. Yeah. There's yeah. A, <laughs> and they're cheap. A lot of them are cheap. Yeah. I don't know what it weighs price point. I, I mean, mean, okay. Like but yeah. this, this was like six I got the small one, it was sixteen dollars. It's okay. not terrible. That's not that's terrible. Still, but that's on the lower end. I was expecting more than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you just get a big jar of coconut oil at at whole foods and use that yeah that's what i've been that's what i used to use but then i was like i'm a sucker for branding so like i have to get this yeah i hear you i hear you. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Also, like, side note real quick before we go to your current fixation. My left boob is, like, killing me right now. So oh. if you see me, like, adjusting
3: myself, Ow. it really hurts. Like, the underneath no, or like the whole
2: boob? The whole boob is hurting Ow. me. Uh, is it Maybe I'm period? getting my period. It's, like, hurting. I have never had
1: boob pain. I haven't either. Oh. Well, let I, me tell I don't you, understand when people uncomfortable. say uncomfortable. You also have, like, giant boobs, so Sorry I can't I'm relate. Sorry adjusting myself constantly. No. Just do see letting you know. what you, you need, need to do. Are you wearing a
2: bra? Yes, I'm wearing a bra. Scout. I know. I know. It's a big deal. We usually never wear. Yeah, bras. but this T-shirt, you have to wear a bra. Like, yeah. it does not work without a yeah. bra. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I okay, feel your okay. turn.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, yeah. Um, I so I actually I'm gonna jump on uh the oil fixation train. Great. Because I am so. I mean, I just continue to be obsessed with this product. Bio oil, um, is my it's my everything. Um, it is, Wait, is that the brand. Yes. Okay. It's called Bio Oil. It's B-I-O hyphen O-I-L. And, ooh, it feels weird to spell oil. O-I-L. That's a weird (laughs) one to break down. Yikes. Um, So anyways, yeah, Bio Oil, you can buy it. uh, They sell it at, like, beauty supply stores, but they also sell it in, like, the wound care section of the drugstore. Interesting. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah.
3: And it come, it, it, I don't know. I think the oil is sort of like an orange color. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a salmony, pinky orange. And, um, it's used for acne scarring. Um, it, like, reverses your scarring. So it has kind of like a Moderma quality to it. Oh, I like that. Um, but also it's really hydrating, and I add it to my moisturizers, my serums. Oh, I shit. use it twice a day. I'm obsessed. And Is this it the has, one you're using on your shins? Um, I haven't used it on my shins yet. <laughs> That's a different oil. <laughs> okay. But bio oil, I started using on my face about a year ago. And it has, I, so when I was in middle school and high school, I used to break out on the right side of my face a lot, probably cause like that was like the side I slept on and your phone makes the grease from your sure. phone transfers to your face. Yeah. So anyways, I started, I just really wanted to like re texturize the right side of my face. Like I was like, I got to fix it. Whether it's like with lasers or like whatever, I'm right. on a mission To make it like match the rest of my face. Um, And not a lot. I mean, I guess other people didn't really notice, but like I noticed it to such an extreme degree. And then I started using bio oil and like within it says that it takes it actually says on the bottle it takes three months to start working. Um, And I will say around the like two to three month mark, I was like, huh, it's changing the texture of my face. And so now I'm like, let's just keep going. I'm just going to use it forever. Okay, so look at this side of my face. You see see all that? Will it kind help of. that? What do you mean, kind of? It's I quite can't, apparent. No, hold on. You're not in the light. Okay. Okay. You see those dots? The, the is scars. it going to help that? I don't. Are those scars though? Those that, that some of those look new. Th- they 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 were
2: acne that just turned into this color. Uh huh.
3: I mean, it will definitely help. Okay.
2: I'm getting yeah. It. I am okay, telling okay. you,
3: this is <laughs> a catch-all, and okay. apparently, Khloe Kardashian endorsed it on. Some oh, level okay. We're there. we're well, sold. Now we're is sold. Okay. It. Okay. We're sold. Okay. Okay. Sold. Okay. I just you know it was one of those things like. It's also not expensive at all. Yeah. But it does work. It's so weird when something is over the, wait, over the counters when you can buy it
1: on your own. On your own. Right.
3: Because right. because the transaction when you go to a pharmacist, <laughs> is they give it to the you over the counter. That's it's really actually. I'm always
1: confused by it. Yeah. Okay. So over the counter is like you could buy it at the drugstore. It's
3: already over the counter. No one passed it to you over the barrier exactly. of the pharmacist. Okay. So um. Oh yeah. So uh. bio yeah. But anything that's over the counter, I'm always like a little surprised when it actually does its
1: job. I'm like, I it has to be agree. prescription. To or, actually work or it has right? to be from Sephora and a hundred dollars yes. for it to actually yes. work. That's One my mind too. No, a
3: hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm like, it's cheap and it's very accessible. That's shocking. Wow. But okay, I'm, I'm telling order you, this. the shit is next level. Okay, we need to get oh on. Oh my that. god, we need to get I on. I am it. just struggling i mean yeah. it's been a
2: lot better since i've been using my dr dennis gross acne eliminating pads this is true but oh. i still need a little more action going on
1: i well, think you'll me, like it i think well you've now sort of eliminated the acne you need to i was gonna take say your out- skin looks very clear to me yeah, yeah. the acne has subsided now, now you it's need just
2: something the for scarring. the scarring
3: yeah i would i would double down yeah. with the bio oil okay yeah. got it good good to know it uh-huh. also won't break you out Okay, good. That's the shocking thing. I'm always like putting oils in my face. I'm like, I can't believe, I don't think it's going to break you out. I can't. Okay. I'm not a doctor, but I would be surprised. Okay. Okay. I'm going to order this anything.
2: on Amazon tonight. Yeah. Perfect. Pl- let me know. Oh, I will. Let me
3: know what happens. Because I'll, I'll have you I'm up in three months. I'm very invested in this. Okay, great. Three yeah. months. Great.
1: Perfect. Done.
2: Okay. We need, we need to, to get into you. Get into oh you. Oh my God. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Okay. Let's- from the very very, beginning how did you first get into comedy and when were you like hey I think I'm pretty funny
3: who um I got into comedy after I graduated college well I guess technically I got into it when I was in college because um I was always trying to find ways to like incorporate comedy into like my extracurriculars and stuff like I was part of this campus uh tv station they had a, an entertainment news show that I was involved in and I definitely did like a funny segment on that but I never thought like oh I'll just be a comedian someday because I grew up in Texas and like I think it's different if you maybe grow up in like LA or New York or maybe Chicago where there's like a really prominent art scene um So, you can kind of like look around and be like, oh, yeah, like people are doing the thing I want to do. I was like, oh, I don't know anyone who pursues comedy. Like, I had seen like HBO stand up specials and stuff, but there was never a person that I could point to to be like, hey, you, I want your career. How do I get it? It just seemed like not a thing. And then when I moved to New York, I was actually working at Comedy Central in their publicity department and I started watching a bunch of stand-up for my job because I had to familiarize myself with all of these like sort of up-and-coming comedians um, because I was doing the PR for like live at Gotham and um, the half hours and that kind of thing and so that was when it became more real because I was like oh these comedians are like my age and live in the same city I'm in so I guess it is a tangible profession not an easy one but at least it's tangible. So then I started doing it. Then I started doing open mics and stuff.
1: I have so much high regard for comedians. I think it is one of the hardest oh, for sure. jobs. So I'm a huge comedy stan. I would never be a stand-up comic, but I love going to the improv. I love going to the comedy store. It's one of my favorite things to oh, do on that. the weekends. Um, and you guys just have such a thick skin the way you guys bounce back from rejection, but also from pleasure. It's like this instant gratification or instant rejection. And you know, the feedback right then and there, and there's no other art form that's like that. You can't that's hide as a comedian.
3: Yeah. That's interesting. It's, it's interesting to describe comedians as having thick skin. Cause I, sometimes I'm like, Oh, we have the thinnest skin, but you're right. right. Yeah. We do have, I guess I do have pretty thick skin. Like I, yeah, I mean like, I feel like when I hear quote-unquote bad news, I do kind of rebound quickly from it. I Especially on stage, you have to
2: rebound so quickly. I do think
3: it trains. That's a really great point. I do think it trains you to kind of like you take the blow and you move on. Right. You don't have to. You don't wallow. You don't sort of like marinate in your feelings. You kind of like just recognize it and move yeah. on. I, yeah, I and I do love when comedians recognize
1: it cuz they're just then like they oh, turn, shit, then then okay. They,
3: I like <laughs> it when like...
2: they take an like a, a flop and they turn it around and make it a positive yeah. just on the fly. Yeah. That, yeah. When, when a comedian does that, I'm like bow
1: down. right Just to like think on the spot. That's for also sure. the
3: most fun thing about doing comedy is like the stuff that happens in the moment because it it does get kind of exhausting like telling the same jokes over and over again. Like right now I'm in this place where I just did stand up on two dope Queens on HBO (gasps) and oh
1: my God, you did. I
3: did. Did And it was, Oh, it was so fun. Um, but I am so sick of those eight minutes now because I ran that set so many times leading up to the taping. So now I'm in this place of, like, if I even start to do one of the jokes from that set, I'm just like, oh, You're like I barf. Can't. I'm
1: such a fraud. Like,
2: how, gross. How, how often does one do
1: a set? Like, what's the or kind how, of how, average? How are you, when do you know to start new jokes or incorporate new material? It Honestly,
3: it's just this feeling of, like, I'm so tired of saying this stuff. And it's a combination. I'm tired of saying this stuff, so I want to feel less bored. So the only way I'm going to feel less bored is if I make the time, and put in the effort to write new Mm -hmm. jokes. Um, So that's a gift you can give yourself. Carving out that time when, at least with my schedule, I'm trying to, like, pursue a couple of different things at a time. Um, So sometimes it's hard for me to, like, just set aside time to work on stand-up. It's kind of, like, always, um, it's very easy to put stand-up off. Mm -hmm. And if you get on stage, you can always fall back on your old material. And it's like the audience might not know the difference, but like, you know it. And then you start mm. to feel gross. That's the place I'm in right now where I'm a little bit like, man, do I need to write new stuff? It's yeah. time. What it's- Interesting. What's
2: your creative process look like when you create content? What, what how do you get into a special space? Do you lock yourself in a room? Yeah. Does it come to you randomly?
3: It definitely comes to me randomly. And then uh, I think I have to be diligent about like, I'll put a note in my phone and then I'll sit down on a day. I'll try to dedicate like three hours. It usually ends up being like 45 minutes, um, where I'll sit down and like go through it and put it in a document and honestly just writing it down or typing it sort of commits it to memory enough for me to then try and pursue it on stage that night even if it's a little clunky or you know it's not word perfect at least the idea is sort of cemented through actually typing it out and like the connection of like seeing the words on a screen they somehow like seep into your brain and then it's kind of it's kind of in you then it's a it's like then it's sort of becomes a part of you um I also more recently started doing joke writing with my friend Allison Libby who's a really brilliant stand-up and she's also a writer on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and oh, we started um, FaceTiming and so she'll do a joke we'll work on it together then I'll do a joke and we'll work on it together so then we kind that's of like great. help each other out and hold each other accountable.
1: That's amazing. Yeah that's so, really helpful. So you mentioned um, writers rooms and or you know doing other projects. Sure sure. So I kind of feel hesitant bringing this up but I but I want to talk about oh, it. Oh, please. So you're a comedian. You're yes. not a, quote unquote, female comedian uh-huh. or a female writer. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I got so annoyed. I remember when Amy Schumer was doing her press for Trainwreck, everyone would ask, like, isn't it a great time for women in comedy right now? And she was like, oh, fuck, you. Like, it's so infuriating. Right. Um, but, you know, comedy, whether it's stand-up or in writer- writer's room environments, it's, male-dominated historically, and there can be some misogynistic undertones. Um, I don't know if you read the book by Nell Scoville, Just the Funny Parts. No, I want to, and you I love her. too. to. I you love her so to. much. Okay, I'm so gonna she, read it. It's essentially a memoir where she talks about sneaking into the Hollywood Boys Club, so being in writer's rooms for, you know, you had such experience in a different variety of them, what has been your observation in that realm? What have you seen it shift in the last couple of years? Like what are, what's your take on that? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I, you know,
3: it depends on, it's, it is person to person. I would say that it's hard to really comment on like the culture of the entire writer's room. Um, there definitely are more, men who are uh whatever quote unquote woke um (laughs) there are definitely more of those and there is more like awareness and also a little nervousness but in a good way where people are like is it okay that I said that you know and I think that 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 just having your finger on that pulse and um you know having a little more uh self-awareness and like checking in with yourself I feel like I'm sure some people feel like it's walking on eggshells, but I think it, it, it might even be walking on eggshells, but it's okay to walk on eggshells a little bit if it means that, you know, that's maybe a step too far and then you scale it back and then it's like a comfortable place. Right, yeah. Um. So I don't hate people being a little more like, is it okay to yeah. say that? Because like that's coming from, yeah, it's coming from a place of like, oh, you're being more mindful of how your words affect other people in, yeah. in the room and how your experience might be different from someone else's, but that doesn't mean that you can, like, shut down what they're going through. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess that feels sort of like a long-winded way of just saying um, I have seen misogyny in writers' rooms. A lot of times It's it's it'll be, like, um, interrupting is a big one yeah, for sure. or, uh, you know, my voice just naturally isn't as loud or has as much bass as a man's voice Mm -hmm. so sometimes I'll be talking and then someone else could swoop in right and they'll just they like just didn't hear me like Uh. they're not trained to hear me so then
1: oh my god that's nuts that's wild yeah and it it is nuts because it's such a I mean I've never been in a writer's room but from what I've seen on, you know, television and such. It's It seems like this very collaborative and people are pitching and everyone is just kind of talking at once. And you don't want to feel like you have to be censored, you know, and, and that could kind of get tricky with yeah. the gender dynamics, I guess. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that I would never want anyone to, like, censor themselves necessarily. And I don't think people really do i think there's kind mm-hmm. of an understanding that like we gotta like get a little dirty right Right. not right. dirty like blue humor sure. uh, but like we gotta get our hands a little dirty get some like dirt under our fingernails to mm-hmm. like really figure this thing out and like mold the clay into something good um so i think there's a lot of like brain fart ideas yeah that come out that you're just like that's just part of it right. but usually yeah you you can kind of tell like there have been times where so there was like I don't even remember what show I was working on, but someone pitched something where it was like a guy was like, or I think I pitched something like, oh, these two women are gonna like have an argument, and then a guy in the room was like, yeah, like a cat fight, and I was like, no, that's <laughs> no two women can argue and it, there's not no like, a yeah. like that's not, that's not a th- you know, I and mean, you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's like such a classic male thing to say right. where it's like oh if two women are disputing well then claws come out you know and you're just totally. like no that's not true yeah and I think in that moment I corrected that I was like oh, no that's, good. that's yeah it's just two women arguing it's not you know and it's like and how honestly, did he take
1: that he was fine okay he's cool. an older writer okay so <laughs> he,
3: he I think he knew like oh yeah you would definitely know, know more this than yeah, I was. yeah. <laughs> see I'm always and up also the... like a really good guy not okay. not not cool. a not a bad dude just a a little clueless in that particular regard. Right, yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. I, my philosophy is always like, I would rather ask a stupid question to, Ugh. to fix my ignorance than be quiet Girl, or make a statement same. that is wrong. Like, like i I, if I, if there's something that is potentially offensive to women of color and I didn't know that I'm more than willing to be like, I don't know. Can you please educate me? Because I feel yes. like that's where I think men need to come at it. You know,
3: admitting I don't know, please educate That's all me. you have to do it's it, it's it's the arrogance and like this sort of like yeah it's the arrogance that I think bumps me mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's not admitting fault it's feeling threatened that you're being corrected right when people are just trying to help you grow yeah that's that's where we get into like icky territory but anyone who is big enough to be like I fucked up You want to work with that person, the person who that goes not just in writer's rooms, that's just in general, like just like in in like people I've worked with, like agents or managers, when they admit that they fucked up, I'm like, oh, you're golden Mm -hmm. because that takes a lot. You're literally being paid to not fuck up yeah and the fact that you just admitted to me like ah that was a mess up that means that you work really really hard and like that is like uncomfortable for you because that's not common for you yeah. like you're not someone who messes up a lot so I you mean, can admit when it happens yeah
1: it's self-awareness and it's wanting to grow and one wa- and kind of having that growth mindset of wanting to get feedback and internalize it and get better yeah and feedback oh man feedback is so hard i so for hard. the longest
3: time was like i would rather have like a friend or like someone i worked with who hated me and never told me oh my god <laughs> then like be told that i like did something wrong. like right. I, I don't know where that comes from i need to like get into the psychological trauma that has gotten me to this like
1: i mean fear it's, of conflict it's fear. i'm i'm Deep with you. seated
3: fear when it's someone, hard when why would anyone
1: you- want to know what they, people but don't like about that. people it's... are so
3: good about like if I did anything wrong. Like I have this friend who she's so like she'll tell you exactly how she feels about you. And if she wants you to tell her right. how you're feeling about her. Yeah. And I'm like scared of her a little yeah. <laughs> bit slash insanely impressed and yeah. in awe mm. because I'm like, oh, that's like I always I'm just I I'm that's one thing I'm really trying to get better about, especially like in professional situations is walking that line of like being assertive and being a boss but also like wanting people to feel comfortable and like
1: and give you feedback and yeah not
3: feel like they have to like walk on eggshells around me like that would be
1: terrible I used to be
3: like that like crazy and then
2: I have this friend that I can be super honest with and so I like she came up to me. She's like, I'd like to work with you on this project. And I was like, nope, I will never work with you because that doesn't set, sit well with me. I don't think we would be wow. good partners. And I just said, I wasn't like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's think about it. And then just like have this open-ended, like, are we going to do something right. together? Or are we not? I just said, I don't think I could ever work with you. I love you as a friend. Don't think we can work together. That's amazing. And I just cut it off right then and there. And it feels fucking good. It feels so good. It feels yeah. good when you do it that. You need so to be honest. Because then you'll just yeah. ruminate
1: on it. And you'll think. You'll be like, fuck, I need to now approach her. Now I need to, like, just. Now I need to make up an excuse as to
2: why I don't want to work on right, that project. Right. I was just like, I'm not working with you. I'm sorry. Yeah. That
3: right. is amazing. Yeah, oh, I'm trying killer. to get better about that. I think I have gotten a little bit better. Like, um, yeah, I just caught myself in a couple of moments. Like in one of the last jobs I had where I was like, oh, good for you. Look at you like sticking your neck out and not worrying so much about like who you offended or who you might have possibly put out, quote unquote, with your ideas. Or right. You know, I'm just right. in this place where I'm like trying to be more comfortable taking up space, as they say. Yeah. Like stop feeling like you're like by you breathing, you're taking breath away from someone else. That's just like not a good, healthy narrative to have. And I'm, no. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with you know just being a woman yeah. <laughs> and uh, always feeling apologetic for everything. But I'm really trying to get to this place where it's like you didn't do anything wrong. Stop feeling apologetic.
1: Stop yeah. apologizing. Yeah, that's a huge. That's an epidemic for sure. It the, is such an and epidemic the experience, and for we sure. hear
3: it all the time. Like. But it really happens all I am always every email I write, I start with like just, the word just, mm. like, hey, just checking in and then someone was like, Stop saying just. It just you're checking in. You're yeah. checking in. There's that's no, a great point. That's it. Stop with the justs. And also it's okay. It just it, you can you can be in charge. You're allowed to be in charge, mm. and also people respect you for being in charge yeah. because it makes them feel more stable around you. Totally, and they know your boundaries, and they know that you know you're serious and you can't push them around like it really does help other people to sort of be like this is how I need to be treated
1: yeah oh I love that
2: that's really good yeah ba- knowing your boundaries that is so so key. I mean, huge first, first you have to find your personal boundaries what you yourself put boundaries on around yourself and then you need to find <sighs> yes. your relationship boundaries and your friendship boundaries and your work boundaries and if you don't find all that you get completely out of whack and uncentered and burnt out and like etc 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 and it's it's a really hard learning process, but it's so imperative. Yeah, I think
3: so. Absolutely.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy.
1: Okay, let's talk about Crashing. Ooh! So you were first a writer on Crashing. Yeah, I'm, I still am a writer. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wrote on it
3: all three seasons and then acted on it season two and season three. Unreal. How's Pete Holmes? I um,
1: fucking love um, him. you guys so dated though, right? He, a long he did time a ago. long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's good. His Isn't laugh, that? I think his laugh is louder than mine, it, which I, which is very laugh. hard. I have a really loud laugh too by yeah. the way I think okay. I lo- I'm just drawn to loud laughers I oh, do I, I love it oh my god yeah I, am, I just love it I just cackle
3: yeah I yeah. love it also I realized that I think my laugh got louder over the years because I would be in the back of and this might be true with P2 I've never talked to him about it but you'll be in the back of a comedy show like not like a not like a professional show at like the improv or something right. but like just at a bar like okay. one of those sort of like that was Pete and I both like in New York, that was all of our shows were in bars. They Mm. were rarely at comedy clubs. And so many people would be like elitist in the crowd where they kind of just like weren't into it, but you Mm. would see someone on stage who was so funny and you're like, damn it. I wish they knew how good they were doing because no one in here is like giving them the proper feedback they deserve. So I would make a point to laugh really loud to compensate for the people who weren't laughing for them. And I think Pete might
1: do that, too. And you just developed it. Where you kind of just, yeah. just start
3: to be like, ha-ha! Like, you just want them to know Aww, that somebody so thinks good. they're funny. And it's, like, your peer who thinks you're funny. So right, fuck right, right. So all these, whatever, Brooklyn whatevers. Right. Yeah. I, I know, love Brooklyn. I no offense feel, to
1: Brooklyn. I, I always feel so bad when y- when performers <laughs> go to the comedy store because it's just, like, such... the audience is such trash <laughs> like oh, it's yeah. just like no. hollywood boulevard oh, tourists yeah. and yeah. sunset strip yeah like re- oh sorry sorry yeah. sunset oh, strip. Yeah. like yeah. so t- just like oh the tech that's why i love the improv because it's melrose it just feels a little more it is so much more calm yeah. and late and just like It just feels more fun. I
3: love the improv.
1: Oh, me too. I I love love it. I love it. Can I
2: tell my open mic um experience? Oh my god! What?
1: (gasps) I didn't know you had one. Oh, I know. This this is (laughs) okay. So,
2: um, I write poetry. Okay. And I write really dark poetry, like fucked up, like Quentin Tarantino shit. Love it. It scares me sometimes. Um, (laughs) and so I told my mom I wanted to go to an open mic. So we looked up one on the internet, and we found one at this like. Rastafarian
3: cafe. I probably have performed and, there. I, that sounds familiar, right? honestly. Okay, yeah. so we
2: get there, and the time online was two hours earlier. So we we didn't. It's L A. You don't just like drive across L A. and go back and come back. You know what I mean? We right. were far away from the house, and my mom's like, "Okay, we'll just sit and have dinner. We'll wait for it to start." And so while we're waiting for it to start, we don't see that the sign up sheet goes on. So I didn't get to, I didn't get to it until I was like I was number six, right? And I'm like, well, fuck, we've been here forever and now I'm number six. So we're sitting there and the first guy goes up and he's a comedian and he's telling these jokes and whatever. And then the second one goes up and he's a comedian and he's telling his jokes. And then the third one goes up and he's a comedian and he's telling jokes. And I look at my mom, I'm like, mom, it's comedy night. And she goes, I don't give a fuck. <gasps> you are going up there and reciting your goddamn oh my poetry. God, mom. So I got up there in front of all of these comedians and I said, <laughs> Just letting you know, I'm not a comedian, but I am here to read you some dark poetry. And I recited my poem. <laughs> and it was the most. How did it
3: go? Um,
2: it was actually received quite well. Okay. I must I must say, people really enjoyed it and thought I was good. So that was encouraging. Um, I but can't never believe again, like never again will I do
3: that. I like, also love like your mom, <laughs> like being like, no. Like it's a chore. Like you get up there and you read your poetry.
2: Oh yeah,
1: because we had had we'd been there for room.
2: We've been there for four hours at that point. Like she's like, I'm fucking invested. Yeah, I get it. You gotta go. I get it.
3: Oh, trust me. There have been so many times where I've wanted to leave an open mic, and then I'm like, no, I've been here for hours. I am gonna do my time, and then I'm gonna leave. How do you deal with the nerves? Does that ever get to you? Yeah, the thing is, it's interesting because like. When I, when I was starting out in New York, um, I went to so many open mics. Like I would go, even when I had a day job, I would leave work and just go straight to an open mic because they usually start before clubs open. So they're always like around like five or six, um, in the evening. And, uh, and I got used to going to so many that you almost build up a tolerance to bombing. And it actually, I think started to work against me because I was almost too fearless to the point where I would not do well on like a regular show, like a, not an open mic, but like a show that sort of mattered. And I would just be like, "Mm, it was like a B minus. That's fine. Like I just kind of got used to sucking. And so now I'm in this place where I actually think there's a benefit. You want to like get your reps in and you want to be performing a lot because it's fun. And because you care about it and you're like working on new material, like those are all the right reasons. But when you're just going up over and over and over again at open mics and not taking a step back, not like a lot of times you record your set and like listen to it back. I I would get to a point where I would record my sets. I would not even listen to them back because I was already on to the next open mic. And then I just wasn't growing. I was like, oh, I'm just kind of like in this place where I'm super experienced, but not in a way that's constructive. I'm just kind of going through the motions without like taking a beat to really work on the craft as icky as it is mm-hmm. to call comedy, the craft.
1: So um, when did that change? Or so when then I
3: think I've gotten, well, now that I live in Los Angeles, I don't do open mics anymore, but I do shows and I'll do a couple of shows a week. Usually uh, this week, I think I have like three or four. Um, and I just try to work on stuff leading up to that show. So I take these, breaks to then like hopefully like do all the things I was talking about like look at my jokes try to find some new material throw in at least like a new line or a tag or something Mm -hmm. that makes it like fun and more in the moment got
1: it so I don't feel
2: bored about
1: the difference between the New York and LA comedy scenes yeah
3: Ooh, that's a good one
1: yeah um
3: yeah the main thing I'm sort of It's hard. I don't even really have the language for it. I think the biggest thing is in New York, people become a professional comedian where they're making their money by doing a bunch of spots every night. Occasionally, they'll do like late night. They definitely do like a special or a half hour or an hour. Um, And stand up really is like the thing, it's the be all end all. Anything outside of it is kind of just, like, extra. It's, like, cool, you know, stand-up led to an acting role or this, but really stand-up is it for me. Um, That is sort of the mentality I feel when I'm in New York and something I really love about New York. Like, whenever I want to really focus on stand-up, I just want to go to New York for a month and, like, work really hard. Also, there is more stage time there. And um, I don't even know if there's more – yeah, there is. There's more stage time there, but also the way you can access – different spots around the city is just easier because you have public transportation or like, or they're all, they'll all be like in one area. It'll be like the comedy cellar and the like village underground. Like they're all kind of near each other. So you can sort of bounce around to these spots just logistically way with way more ease than you would in LA where it's like, You have to drive across town and, you know, like I only do one spot a night normally here. Occasionally I'll do like the store and the improv and they're only like five minutes away from each other. But even that stresses me out, like having to get my car from the lot, find a new parking spot at the improv. Like, oh, it's just like it's a nightmare. Yeah. So I guess logistics would be my number one sort of reason for New York. Do you find that people
1: in L.A.? then become kind of focused on the acting and kind of branching out that way a little yeah, more. in a
3: way, you know, in a way L.A. represents like a, a real like career maturity in that in L.A. you're like applauded and embraced for having diversified interests within the umbrella of comedy. Whereas when I was starting out in New York, I felt like if you admit you want to act and I don't know if it's like this still, but. Back when I started, I felt like if you admit that you want to act or you want to, like, write on a TV show, it was kind of like, it was a little like, all right, but you're, like, diluting the original product. Right. Whereas out here, they're like, you're not diluting anything. It's all comedy. You just want to do comedy. You want to do all the types of comedy. So, yeah, there's definitely more of, like, a purist mentality in New York. But, again, I don't think that exists as much now. I think that was just the time when I started, which was almost 10 years ago. That is wow. so
2: interesting. Okay. So you started at open mics. Did you ever reach a point where you were like, I can turn this into a
3: career? Uh, I think I had that kind of early on only because my parents both had pretty like alternative career paths in a way. Like they both like dropped out of college and then they were <laughs> photographers for ZZ top and then oh after gosh. that, they started a concert promoting business together. Um, so my whole life, I was like, you can do anything. Like That's so but not cool. But not in a like, I don't know, not in even like um, a conscious way. Mm. I was just kind of like, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like pursuing the arts. And my parents were always like, yeah, sure, you're good at it. Why wouldn't you? Like, it was just very awesome. like, I don't know. They definitely had some pushback when I first quit my job at Comedy Central because they were like, They were having some financial issues, and they were just like, we literally can't support you if anything were to go wrong. And I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm willing to take that risk. And then it thankfully started working out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They were always just kind of encouraging. So... Yeah. That's amazing. We both have really encouraging
2: That's parents. That's so as wonderful. Well. Yeah. yeah. I think it makes
1: such a difference. It and makes just like such the security, a difference. The, the, just the comfort in diving into something that you're so passionate about. You're, you don't have any of those hesitations because you have that support system. Yeah. It's and really not, like, huge. Not like fiscally support, but just mentally sub- yeah like emotional support yeah for and not pursuing making your you passion, crazy exactly yeah
3: my yeah like my husband he grew up um in a part of long island where he he always talks about how like practical professions were like really pushed upon him like kind yeah. of by everybody in his community it was like doctor lawyer accountant like you have to have a certified degree and then later on, he started he also does comedy and he had a really like kind of get his parents on board for that and now they're the i mean they've always been supportive of him and now they really are like championing his comedy but it took a minute because he was like kind of the only one doing that Mm. Um, also it
2: must be scary for a parent to like know that you've raised them to know that you've raised them to live in a very secure environment where they don't get hurt or they don't fall or they have a good experience and to know that they're going into the big world, into a profession that might not be as stable or assuring as a doctor or a lawyer or, or something that
1: they're not um,
3: th- not they're not familiar with.
2: Yeah, right. that's
1: scary.
3: That's like, I that's think the biggest scary. part is like, yeah, if if being a comedian was like a thing that a lot of people were doing, you'd kind of be like, oh, all right. I mean, that's a path, yeah. you know, it might not be my path that I would choose for you, but it is a path. Yeah. But I think because it just sounds so like. Whimsical and pipe dreamy. People are just mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" But there's actually a lot of longevity in it. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I used to not feel that way, but now I'm like, "No, there is. You can do this for." I mean, even if it was just like a comedy writer, I mean, they work forever. Ever. like forever. forever. Truly, all the rooms right now are like with a lot of like much more senior
1: writers. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mad's boyfriend. He's jumping into the writer. He's an he's an assistant. What is he? Um, a Writer's assistant. He's oh, a writer's cool. assistant right now. Yeah. For what
1: show? It's, n- it's gonna be a new show on Netflix Ooh. called Cowboy Bebop. It's a, yeah. Oh wait, wasn't that on? It's an anime series. Right. that right.
3: It was on Adult Swim or something
1: for a while. I believe so. I think so. I yeah. That
3: right oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we so got a writer in the fan That's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's try. He yeah. It's his like passion. Yeah. It's he's writer's so assistant. A big get. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I want to talk about. It just seems that there has been this boom in comedy and stand-up interest. It seems sure. like kind of bleeding into industries outside of yeah. comedy, um, and I, I guess that's largely thanks to Netflix. And I was going to say Netflix, sh- Really yeah. so pushed it you forward. Can a-
3: access it so easily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you found that that has made the landscape a bit? more competitive or what have you seen that are are like people like I need a Netflix special in order to be validated or what does that mean for the community
3: um that's a great question I don't I don't really know I I guess I could speak for myself in that like I'm kind of in this place where because there's it's like Netflix is definitely it right now it feels like but also you keep hearing these sort of rumblings of like yeah but like coming up soon like these billionaires invested in Quibi or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh we, we, know we know about that. Yeah, them. and, like, you just keep hearing about all new these things. new platforms where it's like, oh, yeah, you know how, like, Verizon just used to be for cell phones? Well, now Verizon's competing with Netflix, and you're just like, they're going to have their own platform. You're just like, yeah. I think because there is so there are so many new things happening that we don't even know yet because it hasn't made it into the trades for us to read about, I think everyone kind of should just like relax and just focus on what they really want to be doing. Cause really at the end of the day, it's just more opportunity. Yeah. And I think that it scares people because like, we kind of want to cling to like, but you have to have this to feel happy. And the truth is, yeah, sure. If that's a goal of yours, a thousand percent pursue it, make it happen. But it is not, nothing is the be all end all anymore. And like, That is both comforting and terrifying. Yeah. So I think everyone's kind of like adjusting almost like in an existential way. We're all like, oh my God, like nothing means anything, (laughs) (laughs) which is going to be scary and horrifying. I
1: think there's just going to be so many more avenues to pursue.
3: Yes. And also what I think it also makes you really ask yourself, like, what do you care about? Like, what do you really, if you could do anything, what would you put all of your effort into? And I think that people are starting to carve out their career paths in this really specific way to them, which is why, like, when I was talking about New York and how, like, when I started there, it was almost like a threat. Like, it felt like the comedy community almost seemed like they were threatened when you said you wanted to do anything other than stand up. Right. Now we've moved into this place where we're like, come on, like, there's so much opportunity. Totally. You can choose your own adventure. And by the way, stand up still is a huge part of my life and it is my anchor. Like I always come back to it. It feels really important. It's like kind of the only thing you can ever control. Truly, like I can always control what I'm saying on stage and like I can, you know, in a healthy way, manipulate an audience um, to feel like connected to me and like you know, there's there's real like connective tissue in the art of stand up that I don't think you necessarily get in any other platform. And uh, that's kind of a nice comfort is like, oh, that'll never change. That'll always be a constant. Totally.
1: Yeah. W- who are you some of your heroes right now? Or Ooh. some of your like like people you're just like so excited for them to blow up or they're up on uh, up and up. Love that.
3: Um people who I I mean Jacqueline Novak is Ooh. Not only my like dear friend, um but she's also i would i would say a par- a comedy partner to a degree. We don't have like an official writing partnership, but we work yeah. on things together and brainstorm things and I just saw her one woman show and it was fucking amazing, and I'm just like in awe of her brain, and I always have been mm-hmm. so she's someone I think is just really special in every way um and then yeah, I mean this is a person who already is very much blown up, but like Amy Schumer really does continue to inspire me, especially when we're talking about like asserting yourself and taking up space and not apologizing and all these things. I, I really see her doing that pr- consistently yeah, and it's, in a way where you're just like, oh, that's just like, that is, yeah. she's brave. She is brave. She's like, amazing. Yeah. She's brave. And like, she, I feel like she's someone who would make fun of the term brave, mm-hmm, but
1: mm-hmm. that makes me like her even more. Yeah. I also, commend her you know she worked in comedy for what, like 10 years before yeah. you know and that's kind of what is like kind of scary about about the field, sure. and, and as you said, it has longevity. Tiffany but it's like too,
3: same thing. Tiffany Haddish was working yes, forever,
1: forever. I remember
3: when she did a live at Gotham for Comedy Central was years ago. Yeah, yeah. But it's also comforting because then you're like, oh, it is a longer path, and it's yeah. okay. Like yeah. you're kind of applauded for taking your time. Absolutely. I think that's super
2: important to talk about because people think that Amy Shoemaker, Shoemaker, Schumer, sorry, Amy Schumer. Schumer just became famous overnight and
3: that was her Hardly. path. you know people no, yeah. people
2: should know that this stuff takes a really long it takes time takes a long
3: time yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's nice it's always like a it's always comforting to me because I'm always like oh like it you know are things moving at a pace they should be moving and I'm like
1: no they are like it's, it's uh okay. yeah they are
3: girl you
2: I was <laughs> <watching>. you <laughs> want cordon
1: and crashing you're yeah there are for you also Don't my
2: worry. motto is trust the timing of your life
1: Ooh, I love that you know like wow. just
2: trust Ooh, the I need, timing I need to remind of myself that, that is a great and also like yeah. if you look at um, our mom our mom was a housewife for 20 years and now she is the CEO of a startup a tech app that is going to blow up she completely reinvented herself at the age of 45 that's incredible like we have so much time
1: and we forget that that,
2: you know what i mean like we think that we need to be at the destination today or tomorrow or yesterday when really we have so much i mean we don't have a lot of time but at the same time we
3: have so much time we do we do that's really wonderful i really love i love hearing that and i love that that's reiterated also there i feel like yeah i feel like we're in this place where we're finally like feminism is sort of (laughs) it's we've gotten like a second a second wave where Mm -hmm. it's like that's very much in the culture and the conversation but I really want to get to that place with ageism too because I'm just like yeah it's so dumb and it's so it's so beneath all of us as human beings and especially in a profession like comedy or like really the arts in general there is so much experience that makes you a better artist totally and and makes you uh like have a Authority in a way that's really important, and I just I feel like it's I don't know I'm happy that even so cheesy, but like even like with the Oscars, you're like oh I like that like the best supporting actress went to like Olivia coleman who's like not no best 19. actress oh yeah best actress yeah. sorry yeah best actress I, that whole cast felt I couldn't the the, the lines were blurred of like who's the star they yeah. were all the stars. <laughs> Um, and they were incredible, but I, I just am like happy or like Anne Dowd, who's like right, she wrote right. uh, that. I think she wrote an article about how like this is like her career moment, and it's like I just she, like that it's happening later, and you don't think about it like oh good for her. Yeah, you're like yeah she's fucking Anne
2: Dowd. Yeah. she's like she deserves brilliant. Deserves yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that whole comedy, but I think it was an Amy Schumer's show where she sits down with a bunch of comics, uh, like really well-known female comics, and they're like, oh, just letting you know once you turn this age, you're not fuckable oh yeah, anymore like on TV. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And they're like, so once you hit the age 40, you're not fuckable anymore on television. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh my
1: God. I know, it's so ridiculous. Whereas it's like so
2: men go off to be like 80 and they're still fuckable on right. television. Right, they're like, he looks fucking hot
1: for 80. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. He's only 80? Oh my God. Okay, we have to talk about your book, Oh, ridiculous. Yes. Also just like, that's unreal that you wrote a book. Oh, thanks, friend. So yeah. what compelled you to write a book and then why weddings in particular?
3: Um that's a yeah. So Jacqueline Novak and I we um Jacqueline had written a book um called How to Weep in Public, which was like a oh, great. funny book about depression. Um which wow. was yeah, really she's just incredible. But um so yeah, I remember I was like talking to her at like A Christmas party years and years ago. And I was like, I really want to write a book, but I can't seem to figure out like what I want to write. And then we were kind of batting ideas back and forth being like, maybe we'll work on something together. And finally, when I got engaged, I started posting all these like photos of things and like just being really like excited and also funny on my Instagram about wedding stuff. And she texted me something to the degree of like, that's the book. She like screenshotted something from my Instagram and sent it to me. It was like, that's the book. And I immediately knew what she meant. I was like, oh, there are no funny wedding books. I have to be the person to like corner this market. I have to do it. I have to like fill that hole on the bookshelf because every wedding book was like just so serious and, you know, just about like, how to plan the perfect wedding and everything was like perfection, perfection. And the underlying sentiment is just like failure. You're going to be a failure if you don't do this right. And I was just like, that's insane. Like weddings are optional. Planning a wedding is optional. It should be treated as such. Like this is a fun volunteer project. Like we should all just be like treating it like it deserves to be treated, but also placing the importance on like the relationship. And I just don't like how in sort of modern American wedding culture, like, the wedding is uh funnily enough divorced from the marriage yeah it's totally. like they're so intertwined yet we do a really great job of like separating, separating. them mm-hmm. and i just wanted to write a book that was kind of like a truly like the first like funny feminist wedding book and now we're turning it into a tv show which i'm Woo! really excited oh about oh my god i can't really awesome. say too much about it but i'm very oh, excited oh that yeah. is Damn. so exciting it's so true
1: that, i mean i don't know i you could talk to scout she planned a wedding but I just I hear about the just the the stress yeah. and the, the terror that comes with like my yours was fine, but, it, but was, it was cause it was spread out for you. But like, I hear horror stories of people. It's just like, it's such a, a it's like a chore to fucking create yeah. this wedding. And I then you do it and it's fine. Every fucking second of it.
2: It was the most exciting time in my life. I miss it every day. Oh. I loved planning this wedding. That's amazing. It was unbelievable. And I made sure that it was truly representative of who Adam and I are as individuals individuals and as a couple um I mean I planned most of it but it wasn't like the wedding was me it was it was us it was yeah, very us
3: that's like special that's special that's you're an anomaly uh, yeah I was gonna say that's no. definitely the minority and I also yeah. love hearing that crazy it like, restores my faith but there were I definitely I was not I thought I was gonna be in that camp where it was gonna be really easy and then it ended up being really hard and just like I just didn't expect it I yeah. just thought I would people be, don't talk about it People don't talk about it. There's also a lot of shame. So I think a lot of people are going through a stressful time, but then they like don't want to admit it because it's supposed to be this right. beautiful and everyone's or, yeah. being like, ah, oh, best time of your life. Right. And you're like, yeah, it should be the best time of my life. Like what you're saying, that is right. what is expected. And then for some people it's not. And like, I just wanted to make, I just want people to feel less alone and also just talk about their experience, whether yeah. it's, it was great. It went off without a hitch or well, to be honest, it, like, it was kind of fucking miserable, yeah. and I'm glad it's over, yeah. or I wish I could redo it, or I just feel like there's a lot of shame around weddings, and I want people to, like, be more honest about totally. what
2: it could look I like. I love that. I'm, I'm love so
3: that. excited for the television.
2: Thank you. That is so exciting. So, Thank you. you
1: are married to a comedian. Yeah. Which is mm. wh- wh- crazy. What is that like? What is that like?
3: It is, um, it's pretty normal. I mean, the, I think the best part is that we just have, like, such a shorthand, and we really do find the same things funny, so it's n- it's nice. There's not you never have to really explain yourself too much. We're right. really and like understand. In sync.
1: You guys have the same lifestyles,
3: same lifestyle, yeah. and also he, um, yeah, I I. Th- he's very yeah sometimes I have to travel a lot for work and like he's just very understanding of like well that's just like what you do like I get it right. and we've always sort of yeah I feel like we've always had like a pretty inherent understanding that's amazing
2: yeah that's so special yeah, yeah. Oh okay Jamie this was Lee. unbelievable guys I was, had
3: the best time you, you were our so first comedian on. really I know, yeah, yeah. That
1: girls, like, that's so cool McMahon I know but like like stand up and oh, that okay. whole realm oh. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, happy to happy to be that
3: icebreaker yeah. for you guys. Yeah, you're
2: amazing. Okay, let everyone know where they can find you. Okay,
3: you can find me um on Instagram. It's at Really Jamie Lee, and that's J A M I E L E E. And then on Twitter at the Jamie Lee.
2: Wonderful. Love
1: that.
3: And you
2: can find us at OKSys OK Podcast.
1: Thank you, sisters. Bye,
2: sisters.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice.